Hello everybody, my name is Daryl Bryan and you are live from the Matrix. Today we have an amazing episode for you. I have here my good friend Casey Sanders. He is a person of great, 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 amazing value. And when I mean value, I don't mean I'm going to give you something value. I mean he is authentic to who he really is. He tours around the country using his music productions company and he's also in the process of writing an amazing book. And to be honest, I just love how he thinks. How are you doing, man? I'm in there, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing amazing, dude. Honestly, it fe- feels great right now to be here with you. Yeah, I'm 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 excited about it, man. I appreciate you having me on. Oh man, this is amazing. And for everyone listening, you're wondering what the show is about. This is a podcast where we basically go inside spirituality. We dive deep inside how it is to live from the matrix, how it is to be here in existence. We talk about consciousness. We talk about fun stuff, how to awaken to your personal power, how to awaken to the higher truths. So I bring on amazing people to share their perspectives. And that's what we're about, man, co-creating and having fun. So, Casey, to start us off, man, what would be something you want to talk about first? Because honestly, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But what's something <laughs> that's at the forefront of your mind? Um, honestly, man, really, I want to I want to uh, mention how we met. <laughs> um, because uh, we have a mutual friend, Amber Walters, that uh, she told me she was like, "You have to, you have to meet this guy because you guys are on the same thing." And I, I have to say, she couldn't be more right, man. Like, and the uh, the first thing you ever said to me uh, when we added each other on Facebook and and message, you said, "Hello, reflection," and I was like, "This guy gets <laughs> it." Like, so. Uh, that was really cool, man. I just wanted to say that, you know, give a shout out to her and thank her for, for the introduction and thank you for having me on. Yes, th- thank you, man. And yeah, shout out to her for real. She was the the connector, man. And man, it's so funny. Like, that's how I greet a lot of people. I say hello, reflection, because I feel like I'm a reflection, right? And I'm not going to say that I'm completely different from anyone. Like, literally... Everyone calls themselves I am. I call myself I am. You call yourself I am. The pronouns you, we, and they, they're separators, you know? They're just, they're unnecessary barriers. So when I say that, I feel like I'm bridging the gap between what is you and what is me, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I felt that immediately. Um, and it's one of those things that, like, somebody wouldn't say to you unless they have a similar understanding of what you have or have had a similar experience um, to have that understanding. Because if you would have said that to me 10 years ago, I'd have been like, what the hell is this guy talking about? You know, like <laughs> a reflection, but uh, like it, it really uh, like connected with me because um, I wrote a paper um, for a, a college assignment, like, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago or so um that uh was about like um quantum holograms and holographic consciousness and things like that before i ever had any kind of uh spiritual experience or awakening i was um just a seeker of knowledge trying to learn things um and one of the things that i wrote about in there when i was studying like quantum holograms and and stuff like that and that if 
that if the universe was a quantum hologram and if consciousness exists inside of it, then it has to at least be a part of that or like it or similar to it or something. So, um, and one of the ways I described uh, like that oneness, and then again, this was just kind of in theory from things I'd studied. I never felt this or experienced this. I was a very militant atheist <laughs> at the time and very outspoken against religion and spirituality in general just very i wanted to i wanted to believe in something or have something but i i wasn't just going to jump on the bandwagon of anything because it sounded good you know um but one of the ways I, I described that was that if you were to take like a beach ball and put like a small golf ball at the center inside of the beach ball but the inside of the beach ball is lined with mirrors. Mm. That singular golf ball in the center is going to reflect infinitely in all directions and appear to be millions or billions of golf balls, but they're really only reflections of the one true at the center. And so when you said, like I wrote that in the paper, it's actually, it's on my Facebook, go to my notes. You, you'll find that the whole paper's in there. Um, so when you said that to me, it connected immediately. I was like, this guy gets it, you know? Wow. Wow. And to touch on that, man, that's such a beautiful example because I think there's so much power in understanding the structure of reality itself. I think that just brings such an awareness to you and it makes things easier to to go through, right? Like, for example, if I go through something that is perceivingly, like, stressful or or such a, like, a negative outcome, immediately I think back to the higher truth. So I'm like, wait a minute. Life is really neutral. I'm the one deciding whether or not this is bad or good. Like, why, why am I choosing to allow this thing to affect me? Like, I'm the one making the decision of, an, of the emotion, so that's why I love awakening, because awakening is not even awakening to this big thing. It's the little things in your life that you're able to do, and you're able to feel, and you're able to see, and you think differently. And man, you know, like you, you, you understand that perfectly. Yeah, I do. And and I, and <laughs> for for anybody listening that that doesn't know. Uh, going into this we're running you know a couple hours behind which anybody who knows me would not be surprised but uh so i like you're very patient and you know it's just like well you know that's the way it was meant to be i forget exactly how you worded it um but you have this like uh that like eckhart tolle kind of aura that like you know like I've always wanted to ask somebody like that. So don't take this the wrong way. I've always wanted to ask somebody like, do you get angry? Because I've always wondered, like, if you know, if you just walked up and punched Eckhart Tolle in the face, like, <laughs> is he going to, like, square up, you know? Or is he going to, like, totally, like, Bob Ross and be like, you know, today we're going to learn to internalize our pain. You know, like, <laughs> so this is just a question. <laughs> I, well, it's funny. I've... I think I think what happens is people like that they've experienced so much pain already so then they figure out how to how to um how to really be you know cuz I know in my life I've had a lot of experiences with my sister she's she's um uh mentally 
uh, handicapped and she goes through episodes, right? So then I've gone through experiencing violence through that for like so many years. And then I just had the experience the other day, right? And after you go through this for like seven years, you kind of see through it. And you're like, this person is not really mad with me. They're mad at themselves, you know? They just have some sort of illusion. And then I just so happen to be in front of them. Right. You know? Back to the reflection thing. They're they're mad at the reflection of themselves they see in you. Whether it be you've accomplished something that they wanted to accomplish, so therefore they feel like envious about it or jealous about it or you know, any kind of thing like that. So I, I I can definitely understand that. Exactly, man. And it's it like at first it was frightening. I'm like, oh my gosh. How am I going to survive this? You know, (laughs) 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 then then seven years later, you recognize like, was this the catalyst that made me awakened? You know, like what what, was it this? Because I I think about every day. I'm like, if I hadn't gone through that, I'd probably probably, you know, gone to college, got a job, you know, like nothing wrong with getting a job, but I wouldn't have been happy doing that. And and I know me, the only thing that will bring me happiness is to express myself like this with other people and to connect and to love and to just be around other people. So it's like it was a blessing disguised in that darkness. So it's I guess whatever a person goes through, you can you can literally grow through it. You know, just like we were talking before. Right. You, you gave the perfect example of in the moment. It's not, you know, you, you don't see the benefit. You know, it, it kind of sucks. And then you get out of the moment, you look back, you're like, man, you have a whole new appreciation, a whole new perspective. So, like, that's that's awesome, the way you worded that before. Life is amazing, man. It's like, ah, to be honest, I didn't even know I'd be here right now, you know? Like, this whole podcast journey, it started off with, with a dream. I was literally dreaming that I had a podcast. And I'm like, well... I bought a mic a year ago. It's been collecting dust, and I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to do this, but hey, I'm willing to learn, you know? So, of course, who's my best friend? YouTube. <laughs> right. Right. And it's like they say sometimes you got to jump off the, the mountain and build your wings on the way down. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I literally dived. I was like, I just swan dive off. <laughs> Head first, bro. I was like, okay, we're, we're going in. And I have one other podcast where I just talk about Bitcoin and stuff. And the energy behind that podcast has changed so much. I've had like five episodes where I've been explaining to people, okay, I'm shifting the energy. Like literally five episodes of me just telling people, look, we're going to a new direction. Because things just happen. You're like, I don't want to be this serious guy anymore. I don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, I'm the professional in the industry. Like that's too much stress you know like come on i, I just want to be daryl whoever daryl is at that moment allow that to manifest so this feels this podcast right here this feels resonant as as can be man like live from the matrix like we're literally live from the matrix and this is the way i would see it is like this is the reflection of the consciousness portion of the matrix and and it's coming through in a podcast and I have no idea where it's going to go. I think it's going to just touch millions of people. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I know it's going to go there eventually. But right now, I'm just, 
I'm just feeling it out in the now moment. Like I'm not anxious to to try to be there right now. I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm doing this thing one episode at a time, whatever feels good. And so far, it's been feeling amazing. You know. So yeah, thank you for coming. That's great, on. man. I'm I'm definitely glad to be a part of it, and definitely look look forward to seeing where it goes. Um, and like you said, I think just the 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 title of the show itself kind of implies that that self-awareness you know that you know like i think it was rumi the poet rumi that said we are the canvas as well as the paint opponent mm. so the fact that we're you know in the matrix means that we are a functional part of it so for us to be having a conversation about it and calling it live from the matrix is you know like i said it just like it kind of implies the the self-awareness because it's that's something that i was afraid of for a while uh about like a mass waking up you know yeah, yeah. was um because everybody has their own experience everybody has their own understanding um i'll never try to be a preacher to anybody else for what i believe or uh, you know anything like that because i i'd never believed anything anybody told me they believed you know so it's something that you have to whatever resonates with yourself um so if anything i say sounds like bullshit then it probably is so um but but to me uh part of that waking up was that i've i felt like this the this eternal being thing was just like lonely so that that was the purpose of Mm. The, the the reflections you know the whole purpose of fracturing your consciousness was to not be alone anymore um because think about it, if you're eternal then you're the only thing eternal i mean both of those are big ifs um but but that implies like a deep-seated loneliness and i think you know maybe that's the reason why so many people have that deep-seated loneliness inside of them and that maybe that's why human connection and interaction is so important um so i always feared like well if we all wake up then there's no illusion anymore are we just back to being this one eternal lonely being again um so it was kind of like when i had those experiences it was like do i really even tell anybody because you know then we're just back to square one like this massive illusion is we broke the code you know um <laughs> yeah. but uh some of some of your posts that i saw kind of made me think differently on some of it like i remember uh, a while back you made some posts about how um getting rid of the idea that ego was a bad thing mm. um and i couldn't agree more with that um uh, as you can tell i'm a big alex gray fan um big tool fan and there's a, a tool lyric in lateralis that says um to swing on the spiral of our divinity and still be a human mm -hmm. and i think that is the biggest part of it I, I i and and it shifted my opinion on that to instead of like holy shit everybody's waking up the illusion's gone like we're going to go back to this you know place of loneliness this void um 
but it changed that to if we all learned to swing on that spiral you know like to because like you said when when you see everyone as a reflection of yourself it's hard to be mad like truly mad True. without some type of understanding you know what i'm saying like you can walk up and punch somebody in the face they're gonna be mad you know whether they understand or not um but it's uh, because you have that you know fight or flight response built into your biology but at, at the same time i feel like if everybody saw the connection that we see and understood the connection that we see i don't think that would make you lose your identity um i think it would make you appreciate it more um the, the frailty and temporary of it like um you know because if you if you look at like from a from a religious perspective um if you think like your soul is separate and that you're going to go to an afterlife and all that if you look at it as this return to a source where all things exist simultaneous and that this is just an eternally present moment and we're you know tricked by the illusion of time um that makes a lot of people uncomfortable to think that everything i do is i wouldn't say doesn't matter because it yes i understand exactly where you're coming from right there i know i know what you're talking about i felt it too like just because we're in a holographically structured world is my experience real like is this real like right i guess a, a good a good thing would be like say if, if we were to both go on to some like mmorpg right now and create characters like mm -hmm. Obviously, that experience, fighting dragons or, you know, blowing whatever up, like, obviously, those aren't really happening in mm -hmm. the sense of, like, it's, I mean, we can't really say this is real either, but in the sense that it's not the same as this, the, the digital reality that we're creating and playing a part of is not the same as the physical reality that we play a part in out here. Yes. But that doesn't mean the experience isn't real. Mm. That doesn't mean that if we sit there and play for hours and hours and hours or for months and months and years and years and, you know, I save your character's life and you save my character's life. It doesn't mean that you don't build a real emotional bond from that. It doesn't mean that it's not a shared real experience. So um, I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what, what made me think of yeah it's amazing because i had the idea one day i was sitting here in my room right and then i was just just chilling and then all of a sudden i could see it like i remember who, who was it that told me i think i was watching this this guy he was describing his ayahuasca journey and he described our reality as paper thin and ever since he told me that i've had this this perception like is it really that light like paper thin like we think of it as so intense and and physical but this is only a tiny little spectrum you know it's like a tiny a tiny layer out of the infinite layers that are possible and in my room i could i could look and i could see it right i could i could see it i'm like damn it's here like he wasn't playing games like this is only 
This is only an illusion, like the physical reality is only an internal projection that we see outward. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then it made me question my entire life, right? But then associated with it was a freedom. It gave me this freedom from taking things so seriously. Like when you understand that you're immortal, like you will, if you have existed, you always will exist. You may not exist in this human form, but you will exist in some sort of consciousness. It it takes the the burden away from life, you know. Like I have this rapper. I shared a link with you, Cambodia. He says the fear of death is enslaving you. It's making you afraid to do the things that you were made to do. And that's that's, that's what hit me right there. I'm like, there's so many things that I'm considering doing, and I don't want to do it because I'm afraid to do risk. I'm afraid to risk it all and try again. And man, I've, I've failed so many times, but all those failures were amazing lessons, you know? And it just, it, it gave me that broader perspective to think I'm, I shouldn't be afraid of failing. I shouldn't be afraid of taxes or whatever people are afraid of. My, my reality is lucid. It's dynamic. It's really and truly the greatest game we have ever played up to this point. Why ruin it? by fretting or worrying and doing all this stuff and i'm still learning these lessons today but it's a lot easier when you have the higher you know awareness involved yeah i read something the other day i forget who said it or who the quote was from but it um it was talking about like not fearing something before you do it mm-hmm. it was saying because because there's two possible outcomes of actually doing it the outcome you want and then the outcome that you fear and if you fear it before it happens, then you suffer twice. <laughs> and even if you get what, if you end up do like you do end up getting what you wanted, then you suffer for no reason. Wow. So, I mean, and, and again, it's, it's one of those things. It's a lot easier said than done. You know, it yes. makes sense when you say it, but then when you're sitting there and something is worrying you, it's hard to go, Oh, well, I, I just shouldn't worry about that. Man, I, I agree. And, I would say it takes a certain discipline to constantly go back to the the higher truths of reality because your outside world is completely contradicting consciousness. It's like, I, lo- I look outside, everyone's worrying, everyone's thinking about this and that and they're freaking out about a political game that doesn't even exist, a TV show. I'm like, where's where's the awakening, you know? I'm looking around like, where where's my brothers and sisters, you know? So it takes a discipline. It it does, and I, and I think it um, with with technology, we have a better better chance of having it stick this time than it ever has before. There's mm-hmm. been, uh, you know, movements like if you look at like the Renaissance period and things like that, to where people were waking up, people were gaining you know, sacred knowledge. Um, and for whatever reason, um, the powers that be, if you will, uh, don't like an aware population. Uh, but now I think it's with technology, hopefully we're past the ability for it to be stopped. You know, um, but like you said, it is, contradictory to reality you know it's like if you look at quantum physics you know in the way particles behave 
on a subatomic level uh, makes no sense to what we see in front of us. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, I mean, I don't have an answer. Just <laughs> <laughs> rewording the question, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's... It's hard to bring a lot of those ideas and keep them present with you at all times. You know, I remember having one one experience. Um, my my first experience with LSD, um, to where I like felt my soul for the first time. You know, um, and I felt my connection with everything. And you know, and for somebody who was militant atheist. You know, I had 10, 15 years worth of words to eat, mm. <laughs> you know, before I could even tell anybody <laughs> about what happened to me. <laughs> um, but I remember, you know, feeling that connection and then having that understanding that, you know, even the bad things are good, you know, mm. and just being okay and completely at peace with existence as a whole. Um but the further you the, the further you get from that experience the less connection to that feeling you truly have like i still know i felt that i still understand that that's reality but it's harder to when something bad happens to me now to be like oh well it's that's a good thing you know yes it's, it's a lot harder to to keep that going um Yes. And like I'm I'm glad like you, you said that because just this morning, right, I received an unwanted circumstance and I made this decision and it was like I said to myself, and this is so powerful, I said to myself, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm not gonna vibrate like this anymore. Like I care too much about myself. I have way too much positive momentum going. To let myself go down this path of feeling bad and then having to heal the feelings of feeling bad. And, you know, like, I'm like, I'm going to break this cycle right now. So I literally just stood up in my room. I let out a huge scream, huge yell, the loudest yell I've ever yelled, right? And I hear my mom, like, running up the stairs, right? She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, everything's right. Like, I just purged. I just, like, I screamed so loud that I woke myself back up. I was like, I'm alive. I'm here. I'm now. You know? Like, I'm here. I'm now. I'm here. Like, instead of being in the head, I I was, like, brought to the forefront of, of the now moment. And I literally was working on myself. Like, I pulled up my phone, recorded a video, coached myself. I was like, this is what we're going to do circumstances don't matter only our vibrational states of being matters we're going to focus on our vibration i started to remember what i learned from abraham hicks abraham hicks says focus on a good feeling thought and stay there so what feels good right now i'm like well i have some good slippers on right now my feet my feet are warm that's a good feeling and then you know one thought after the other and then before you know it i'm even higher in vibration than i was the day before (laughs) <laughs> and I thought yesterday was a good day. <laughs> so I, I 100% agree, man. It's like, it's like if we don't 
take the effort to snap ourselves out of it and we're like, woo, like wake up, like come on, woosa, I'm here now. And just like just start getting pumped. Play your favorite music. Maybe just start dancing like no one's watching. And whatever that makes you feel good, you know, go hang out with family. Just something that your soul is like, yes. I think I think it's those those moments of um caring more about how we feel than caring about how to solve what's happening, you know? Yeah. But um it takes Ah, oh, I have to say it, you know, I'm I'm not gonna say it's it's easy, but it gets easier. It gets easier, you know. The the more you do it is the more you're willing to do it, I would say. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's amazing, man. Like, if you if you'd have told me a few years ago that you're feeling good, state of being matters more than anything, I'm like, what? Maybe, I mean, like, kinda, like, right? You the the first thing I would say is like, well, how do I feel good if I don't feel good, right? Because that's that, that's an obvious question. When when I say this to people all the time, like, Daryl, I want to feel good. And I'm like, you're right. What prevents us from feeling good is the the story, right? The story. That's all that, that prevents us. It's, it's a story. Like, we literally repeat to ourselves the storyline. Like, if you're in a movie, the character, the actor, he would have no idea that he's in a horror movie if he forgot the script, right? right. He, would, he, he would start being happy and like, ha! <laughs> And start dancing, and everyone's like, "Nah, dude, this is the part where you die. Like, <laughs> you have to scream right now." He's like, "Why would I scream right now, dude? Like, I'm alive." So it's the it's the script, right? It's the script, and you have to be insane to think about the script when you don't see any evidence. You don't see any physical evidence of this new script. Like, to be happy when nothing is happy, no one's happy. And then you literally writing a new story like, well, I guess this happened today and maybe it didn't happen, right? Maybe it didn't actually happen today. But you, you're going to you're gonna choose to feel that way. And then before you know it, it happens. And you're like, what? Manifestation is real? Like, what? What? Like, I thought this was a game. And then you start practicing a little more. You have and, something to yeah, say? I, I, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I think when you look at like manifestation and law of attraction and things like that on surface value, especially if you're like me and you're skeptical of everything, you know, I'm I'm a skeptical person by nature. Like I'm going to find every way to prove something wrong Mm -hmm. until I can't go any further, you know, and then whatever's proven wrong, what's proved wrong and whatever has stood up, you know, that test is, is what, you know, I would put stock in at that point. Um, so yeah, when I first uh, heard of like law of attraction and manifestation and like the the, the secret Rhonda Byrne, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all that, and started looking at this, I was like, yeah, all these successful people, all this, you know, people are saying like, oh, you got, you know, think it, you know, make it happen. And I was like, this is the biggest crock of shit I've ever heard. <laughs> that was my initial thought. I was like, this is the biggest, like scam like of course you're getting rich lady like because you just sold everybody a book that says like like but but now the the secret's out like i can't write a book that tells everybody that secret and get rich now you know but um when you 
like look into like especially what we were mentioning earlier like the quantum holograms and holographic consciousness and things like that and that um you know even quantum entanglement and how everything is is tied together as part of the system um so that if trying to think of the right way to word it like you're a part of that system and you're connected to it mm. and if it's like what you said if it's a an external projection of what's inside then it's just a matter of shifting that that perspective um because one of the things that we had talked about um you know before we started uh you know earlier in, in text uh you know about the fifth dimensional consciousness and yes. stuff like that if if you look at like multi-worlds theory or many worlds theory or uh you know multiverse uh things like that um from a fifth dimensional perspective you could say that all of those multiple worlds are all the possible um quantum states four-dimensional quantum states um so in other words everything's arranged a certain way like these molecules and atoms are arranged a certain way um and that creates this reality um like a reality where we're sitting here talking but there's also a reality where um maybe i never talked to amber that day and she never mentioned you to me and we never met um but see we're observing the reality now where we're both here uh so it's almost like for like fate versus free will and i know this is all over the place but it, it's it all connected all, it, all, it all ties together in my head so i'm just trying to make sure it comes out right um you know like for for fate that basically means like you know things are predetermined like you can't do anything to change it um but i think fate is a is a decreasing pocket of possibilities based upon free will um mm -hmm. kind of like a, a, a you know like a train on a train track if you've got train tracks going it's going in one linear direction um but if the tracks split the cart has an option to go to one of two or three other directions and depending on which direction it chooses from there you know it has a couple other possibilities so basically if you were that train going through life um the choices that you make are made out of free will mm. um but you can't go backwards on that track um so the fact that you can't go backwards or at least perceivably so um that creates the illusion of of fate because it's your possibilities of free will are decreasing based on the number of choices you make bro i'm surprised my head is still intact <laughs> <laughs> that's got my blow <laughs> yo that's amazing but i mean another thing to just say, expand a little further like what you were saying as far as like you know if you were in a horror movie character in a horror movie and you didn't didn't remember the script um if you look at life like that you know um from a fifth dimensional perspective uh all possible 
combination of four dimension or lower four dimensional realities would be like DVDs on a bookshelf. Right now we're stuck watching one of those DVDs, which are, whether we made the choice to or whatever, you know, that's up all debatable or whatnot. Um, but right now we're in the middle of one of those DVDs, like playing it out, you know? Um, wow. But from a fifth dimensional perspective, you can put that back on the shelf and pick another one up. Um, wow. And it's always real when you're in it. And then when you're out of it, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that I chose this. It's and just like a dream. When you wake up from a dream, you somebody could be chasing you with a knife in your dream and you're scared to death and screaming, ah, help me, and then jump up awake. And you're like sitting there in your bedroom. You're like, oh, you're not scared anymore. No. Nope. You know? Like you remember being scared, but or, you know, even if you're falling in a dream and you wake up, like you're not. You're not still scared that you're falling, um, you know. So I, I think it's it's probably something similar to that as well. Man, you listen to Alan Watts. Yes. And have you heard his one speech where he's talking about life as a dream? Probably. I've heard so many Watts <laughs> like McKenna. And there's like so many hours of material that you just listen and listen, and like every five words you have to pause it and go, "Wow, that was." profound as hell <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well i want to explain to you what he said because it goes hand in hand with this example it's a beautiful thing um so he would say imagine you had the ability to dream whatever you want to dream with no limitations a absolutely none like anything you wanted would manifest and you would dream so many dreams right and you'd wake up and you do it again wake up do it again and you would have all these possibilities in front of you to do anything you wanted to do. Naturally, you would do all the fun stuff first. And then the more you do the fun stuff, is the more it kind of becomes mundane. You get used to it. So then you would start to expand toward less fun things. And you would start to experiment with things that are scary or fearful. And then you'd wake up. And he said, imagine, out of the infinite amount of dreams that you would dream, one of them you would dream your entire life. The life you have right now would be that dream. And it brings in perspective, we are dreaming ourselves in existence, and then the thing that holds our reality together, the glue, is the ignorance of the dream. Because if we recognize if we were in a dream, right, and we fully consciously know this, even when we know this from our mind, but when our body physically feels the separation between the higher dimensions and this, it would it would fall apart. We wouldn't trust it anymore, right? We would we would automatically shift back because you're like, okay, it's not real. Poof. Right? right? But since we have this sensations of physicality and these this ignorance, this this uh, amnesia that covers the foreground of every thought and no matter how much you awaken you still go back to that illusion because it's just the way this structure of reality is set up so you can always enjoy the the most intense feeling so like what do you think about that what do you think is true no no i completely agree i think it ties in directly with you know what i was saying earlier from my experience uh and being afraid to tell people because waking everybody up would shatter that illusion. Um, but, um, uh, 
I think um, I'm trying to remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> Um, so, so much, yeah, but, no. uh, but it, as, as far as like, you know, what you were saying, like the physical sensations and, and things like that, that, that make it, make it hard for us to, uh, break that illusion you know, because it seems so real, but it's just like, like when you look at quantum physics, like, um, when you look at like wave particle duality and that everything, the particles that create solid matter exist as wave potentials until they're observed and then they become solid objects. So essentially, you know, the old saying of like, if a tree falls in a forest and there's nobody there to hear, it doesn't make a sound. Well, quantum physics basically says that if there's nobody there to witness it, that there's no tree, you know? So, like, it, the, the basis of things seem to be so absurd compared to, like, the experience of things wow. that I think that's what holds that illusion so tight because... Even like uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, with like psychedelics, like you can have, you know, an, a, a a psychedelic apotheosis experience where you like watch the you know creation of the universe unfold from within you and fall back into you, and you you know see everything outside of time and like see the connection and feel it, and it's real, and you're there, and you're in tears, and you're like, oh my god, this is so amazing, this can't be real, how the, like, even if this is a fake experience, how the hell is it happening, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, and that's what people talk about, oh, it's just a hallucination, well, like, if that means something's happening that's not really there, that's even weirder, Yes. right, like, so still explain <laughs> it, like, you can't just say, oh, it's a hallucination, whatever, explain it then, um, but what, I, what I'm getting at is, that even in those moments where you're 100% sure there's no doubt you feel it you're you're not thinking it or reading about it you're in it mm. you've became it like you are you are from the inside looking out fully mm. when you get back out this is what i was saying earlier when you get back out the more time that passes from that experience the less real it, it becomes you know and mm. so like that's how powerful the illusion is that you can see it with your own eyes you can feel it with your own soul and it still escapes you <laughs> you know you still can't <laughs> hold it you know and it's like i know i mentioned tool earlier there's a um a lyric in rosetta stones where um he's talking about you know, he's given all the answers and he's like but i forgot my pen and that's exactly how it is like you can't mm -hmm. A lot of it you can't bring back you know um mckenna you know was famous for he said um you know you can't use you can't describe that world using the language that was created to describe this one um but yeah i mean not to stray too far all over the place but just you know bring it back it's just 
the illusion is so strong that even seeing it for what it is with no doubts it's hard to to go on the next day without falling back into the illusion and the other part of it i think is because of all the people caught in the illusion yes that you can't really like we can't talk like this to everybody yeah. you know we can we we probably do <laughs> but, <laughs> but you see what like it, like most people don't want to hear it you know like most you want to talk about the weather or the sports game or whatever not like oh everything you're doing is a dream and you're a fifth dimensional consciousness like you know like this is you're involved in the ultimate cosmic masturbation story <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love it i love it oh my gosh and whoo like i had an idea of what i was going to ask you but then it just it got absorbed by the present moment and that laughter. It just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, this is fun. All I could think about the whole time, I'm like, man, we're giving our listeners a treat right now. This is this is amazing. Like, I honestly will listen to this podcast about five times. <laughs> Maybe more than that. <sighs> man, you know, there's certain episodes where you want to edit because you know you just can't wait to listen to it again. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i guess to touch on yeah i mean like i i agree with you when we're talking about the collective like unawakened individuals and when we approach them with awakening knowledge they immediately dismiss it and label it as as hua whatever that means to them and i've witnessed this from my own eyes coming from a religious background whenever you try to introduce a concept as simple as yoga right is deemed as the devil you know and it's it's like there's there's no breaking past that it's like once a person is so strongly ingrained inside of that belief system the only thing that could possibly take them out of that belief system is a sudden awakening or mass awakening but then it brings this thought to me as well right and this is something that I think about daily. There is a re- there is a reason, an explicit reason, why there's so many unawakened individuals. And there is some sort of reward, some sort of enjoyment in being unawakened for consciousness to play so many roles as unawakened individuals. And if it wasn't beneficial in some way, form, shape, fashion, then, no, I I understand, and mm-hmm. I, jokingly, I I call them NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> but but non, yeah, non-playable I, characters. Crack me up. But yeah, no, I, I mean, and and a lot of the questions, like you were, are things you were just saying is it reminds me of things from the actual, you know, matrix films, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. about, you know, when he's first explaining the matrix to Neo and he says, uh, they're in like a training program and he says, um, you know, any mind that's not freed from the system is a part of that system. 
you know, and I think that just correlates perfectly to what we were talking about there. Um, and then another alternative viewpoint, you know, maybe not NPCs, so to speak, but look at like uh, in the Matrix, how they had like Cypher mm. who woke up and just would have gave anything to go back, mm. you know, because, you know, that one of the things that was really hard for me to grasp at first was. And I'll explain after I say it, but was that life was meaningless mm -hmm. um, in the broad sense that we're sitting here having this podcast, you know, it's only going to mean anything to anybody who hears it, True. you know, or a ripple effect of somebody that hears it, that it may affect them in some way that ends up affecting somebody else that didn't hear it. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, like at some point the sun's going to collapse or explode and the earth's going to turn to ice or burn to a crisp. And the totality of, of not just all human existence and accomplishment, but of all life period on the planet is, is going to be gone. You know, there's no, as far as we know, there's no cosmic hard drive that backs everything up, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so we have to at least, as, you know, proceed accordingly. Um, so like in the grand scheme of things, nothing matters. Um, but at the same time, when one of my children hugs me and tells me they love, they love me, that means more than anything else you know so like i feel that you don't feel that you know because they're here hugging me we're hundreds of miles apart mm -hmm. but so I, I think objectively nothing matters subjectively everything matters and that was one of the things i brought back from some of my you know psychedelic experiences was that you know, cause I was always searching for like, what's the meaning of life, you know, like, and it's a cliche thing because you feel like there's no answer for that, yes. you know, like it, it's like a question, you know, like the only reason trees get tall is because they're trying to reach the sun, you know, the only reason why the roots grow out, spread further is to hold the weight of the tree so it can go higher. But it's reaching for a sun that it's never going to touch. But at the same time, that's what makes it grow. You know? Um, so I feel like it's 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 kind of like that. Like, I feel like that's how I felt about that question. What is the meaning of life? Because as long as we're asking that question, it's going to make us grow. Um, but I feel like on some level, I found maybe not the answer, but an answer for it, my answer for it. And my answer was that the meaning of life is to give life meaning. Mm. Like, you know, it's to, to be in that moment with my kids, you know, when they hug me and tell me they love me and to feel that fully, you know, um, and to embrace it. And like, I think that's, you know, the frailty of life is, is what makes it valuable, you know, um it's like uh i think it was marilyn manson that said in a song lyric um 
without the threat of death, there's no reason to live at all. Mm. You know, and um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, there was a great video. Um, I'll shoot you a link to if you haven't seen it, where um, they're asking him, him about if he was you know, like afterlife, him not believing in an afterlife and, you know, that kind of thing. And he was saying that, you know, his that, that death is what gives the urgency to his life, you know, like to be the best you can now, not yes. later. Because if you're, I mean, yeah, on like some level, like spiritually, uh, we are immortal, but our our ego selves, our biological consciousness is not, you know, and that was um, not to stray off again, but one of the things when I was studying religion years ago, um, especially like Judeo-Christian religion and the idea of, of heaven and that type of afterlife, and I was thinking, how can, how would you be able to recognize someone on another plane that's not in their physical body? Mm. Because when you think, oh, I'm going to get to heaven, all my relatives are going to be there and all my pets and all that, like you're, you've got a mental image of what you remember them to look like. You know, um, but it's like biologically, memory is stored in neural networks in the brain. You know, you can get amnesia, um, you can have a stroke, uh, you can have blunt trauma to the brain, anything like that that disrupts those neural networks, and you can lose your memory. And you won't even like know who your parents are, who your, your siblings are, your kids, because the electrical net, like wiring there that holds that information is like hitting your hard drive with a hammer, you know, like your pictures are gone. Um, so if, if we use that as proof that like memory is stored physically in the brain, where are we going to pull those memories from when we do cross over? Yes. You know, um, What's the substance that holds them or if, if at all, Right, but um, and and that was that was my, you know, argument against like your traditional view of of heaven, um, and and afterlife. I think um, well, there's so many things I want to touch on there, but one thing specifically that I really want to talk about on this podcast was past lives. I really want to talk about that because I have a lot of friends. And they're very into past lives. They keep on telling me they were this and they were that. And the thing that I keep on coming to, the core of my being, does it really matter? <laughs> does it really matter who you were in another lifetime? Okay, but I, th I think the question that I feel like me and you have answered, at least with each other, mm -hmm. um, supersedes that, that and that question being like, who are we? Mm. And the fact that, that we're a reflection of each other, of the same thing, are not all past lives and current lives being shared by us? Um, so I don't think we have like a direct connection necessarily to one or two or three or 
200 past lives i think if you look at it from like this like one eternal present moment all those lives that you consider past lives are still happening simultaneously it's just on a different part of the linear timeline from what our perspective is just like just like you are on a you as daryl are on a different spatial timeline than than my fraction of your consciousness if that makes sense yes you know we're different spatially whereas like cave people and people during you know the the renaissance era and stuff like that are, are different on, on a timeline um but if you look at it as we're all the same we're all from the same source we're all a reflection of the same source um i, I don't think it it matters the way a lot of people think it matters and that's you know just my opinion um but i think it matters in the sense that your life matters to me as much as mine does while i'm experiencing it you, you mm. see what i'm saying and i love that can you say it again one more time um i can try <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't remember exactly how I worded it, but it was basically saying like that, okay, if you look at this, the, the, the royal we, the eternal I, the I am, the, the central consciousness to us all. When I say I, I'm not, ref I'm referring to it as plural to include you as well. Um, so like from from this biological perspective my life matters to me a great deal who casey is and what's going on and my love for my kids but my my kids their existence doesn't matter as much to me when i'm in your body experiencing the reality from over there just like you know people that you that mean the world to you that i've never even heard of and don't know exist from this perspective don't mean as much to me as they mean to you so that's all you know subjective um but if you look at like everything like like the sea of all past lives present lives and future lives uh, um i think that's uh very similar if not identical in the same thing as what people call like um the akashic records akashic mm -hmm. records yes um that that's basically the pool of of all four dimensional consciousness and existence all possible four dimensional realities you know the matrix the ether the whatever you want to call it like um the Tao, you know um we are in one uh, linear progressing perspective of that sea we're one drop of water in that sea you know um but i, I feel like all those other possibilities in quantum states like like if you look at um a, a great analogy would be like the position of an electron um are you familiar with like an electron cloud like how that uh, uh, you know like the diagram um of like an atom that has 
like yes. the little things going around it, little mm-hmm. orbital things, and it's got the little dots for the electrons. Okay, it's honestly, it's not really like a. If, if you look into the actual like what the electron is, um, it's it's basically like quantum superpositioning. So in other words, the electron doesn't exist in this position it exists in all of those possible positions that form a cloud around the atom Mm. um and it doesn't appear to be in one position until you observe it Mm. so in other words if you take that on a mass scale that that creates the entire universe around us like with all those atoms um Wow. We're just one superposition of that electron. <laughs> wow! Watching that, and and I mean, and then things like that, I, I think, help explain phenomena like Mandela effect and stuff like that because you shift. I don't know that that's a whole other topic, I guess, because that that's like a shift. Yeah. To because. Uh, well, let me touch on it since because I did talk about memory and neural networks in the brain. So think about it like this. If you have a physical memory stored in your hard drive, right? Mm-hmm. In your brain. And the quantum positioning around you alters. Could either change the future, change the present, change the past, whatever. If it alters the past then it doesn't erase your memory of it so that's how i think you can have real memories for past that don't exist anymore yes um because the the we see time as like moving in one direction when time is is really just the fourth spatial dimension and it has you you can't talk about time like you you couldn't talk about going left without there being a right you couldn't talk about going up without there being a down um so like you have your you know your x your y and your z and then you have your timeline and then there's there's um time and anti-time forward duration and backwards duration um and that's how we're able to have uh particles that move backward in time like tachyons um our as far as we know our consciousness can't move backward in time but some things that exist in the universe we have evidence that shows it moves backward in time yes and to to touch on something that you said about and this is really amazing how the superposition, how we are like one position of all the potentialities that exist. And how the past is really remembering. It's just a, a memory. Um, Bashar, he's a fifth dimensional Essesani member. He's channeled through the channeler Daryl Anka. And he always mentions this. There is only one eternal now moment. Your past doesn't really exist anymore. It's just your memory that you're bringing forth to the present. And it's that constant recalling of that story that puts you in, in, in physical timelines that allow, 
align yourself with that story, but in actuality, you have no idea what your real past is at any given moment. It's just what you choose to remember and bring. Right, and I, that's mm-hmm. that's always been one of the things that like concerned me and like worried me as as a kid. I remember thinking about that, and there was a uh, there was a movie if I remember it right, called Dark City, mm-hmm. where uh, I don't want to say too much of the wrong thing, but it was these things, whether they were aliens or advanced civilization, or it was something, but they were on this spaceship, and they would take these people, and they would rearrange them every night, like different families, different everything, and implant memories in their mind. So they would wake up every day, with memories of this whole life of this being my kid and this being my wife, but it was the first day they ever woke up together. Mm. And that like kind of blew my mind that Mm. you really have no idea, like no way to fully know, like is today the first day I've ever been here. Uh, And are all those memories just ideas and fake and planet or, you know, there's no way to like, verify sure you know there's no way to be sure (laughs) um but i think it just further gives credit to the idea of the one present moment you know yes yes it does and it it makes me think because there's such an immense appreciation when i have these conversations um it's just amazing because i think of these truths and then I connect with another I am that thinks of these truths. And now together, we are confirming our experiences. And this is more powerful than if I'm explaining this to someone for the first time. Because now I understand that someone else is on the same wavelength as me. And the funny thing about this podcast is that it's connecting to all those other I am's that are also thinking about those truths. Yeah, and that was... um I couldn't agree more because the um, and I think we talked about this briefly when when we met because it was around this one of these incidences was what sparked the conversation that ended up with us meeting um, is I had a, a psychedelic experience like you know the the apotheosis experience where where you basically become God you step into the Godhead and. You, like I saw creation like flowing out of me and um, that's when I got the understanding about fractured consciousness and the eternal loneliness and all that stuff. And you mentioned when I came on about the book I'm writing and that's, that's all that that's what the book is about um, is those experiences, what led up to it, what happened and, and kind of where my mind went after. Um, But when that first happened, I didn't tell anybody. I couldn't tell anybody. Um, one, because it was so absurd and crazy that nobody's going to believe me. Because people had told me all kinds of, of what I felt was absurd and crazy shit that I didn't believe. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, you want to, but it, but you don't, without the personal experience, sometimes it's hard to. It's like, unless you really know a person and trust them and they have a track record of telling, you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's, some things you can give more credence to, but just somebody saying oh yeah this happened you're like okay cool but it doesn't change your day um so and not just the absurdity of it and people not believing it like i'd 
been very adamant for a long time about, that I didn't believe in God. I wasn't completely against the idea, but I just did not believe in any. I didn't believe in life after death. I thought, you know, when you die, you rot. That's it. And I still think that's the case for our egos. And I think mm -hmm. that's what, you know, yes, like, I agree. I, I, I feel like that, you know, everything I believed as an atheist is true for my ego. Um, you know, nihilism is true to the ego. You know, nihilism is the ego's realization of its fate. You know, and but that's why you have to have a balance with with the spiritual stuff. That's what gives the urgency to your life to to do what you want to do to accomplish it or to have fun or whatever it is that makes your life meaningful and and worth living. You know. Um, but um i forgot where i was going about some of these the you know apotheosis ex experiences um and uh oh oh i remember exactly what was going on, how we met yes <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah uh i had that experience and i didn't say anything and it was probably a year and a half to two years and I didn't really, I may have privately, like, to close friends, been like, hey, like, have you ever had anything like this? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Trying to fill it out, but <laughs> never enough to be like, here, yo, you're not going to believe this. This is what happened. Um, and then um, I had a friend who was on the same journey mentally, like, um, and was struggling with a lot, uh, you know, personal issues, traumas, things like that, like things going on in their life. And he had told me, you know, he'd been really wanting to, uh, to like do some, like eat some mushrooms or, you know, do something like that. He felt like he needed a psychedelic experience. Um, so I, you know, agreed to sit with him and, uh, you know, kind of walk him through it for the first time. And at this point, the only, the only spiritual experience I'd ever had myself was on, on psychedelics, but I hadn't really talked to many people who had their own spiritual experiences on psychedelics. Um, so that's why I didn't really bring it up. Even when I was talking to other psychonauts about stuff like that it just it was it just felt kind of taboo to me at the time i was still processing it and yeah. trying to figure it out understand um and so i go and i sit with him and at one point he tells me like he says you know i'm i'm not feeling like myself i feel really strange so I was like, all right, man, let's, let's go in here, lay down, you know, so I took him to his bedroom and he laid down and while I'm sitting there, I put on some music, you know, and then just out of the blue, he pops up, sits straight up and he goes, I am everything. <laughs> and like then he started telling me in detail word for word everything that i had experienced and this was somebody who was not religious this was somebody who did not believe in god um 
or anything you know supernatural afterlife the same as the same as me um and then he's like you know i'm everything like he was like i see infinity i was like yes i know i know yes <laughs> it's like finally somebody else is is seeing what i'm seeing and it's happening in front of me like it confirmed like until that point i thought i was losing my mind wow and i saw it happen in front of me to somebody else who i knew before their experience you know and knew they're not faking it and they're not they're not just making shit up and they're saying exactly what i saw and what i felt and i had never said this to them mm. you know it was still internalized to me i had never spoke about that to him until he had the experience and i confirmed it with him like yes i had that experience too i know what you're going through um and it was right after his you know awakening that it, it, it basically lit a fire under me. I was like, it, it confirmed it for me. Like, I'm not crazy. You know, like this is a legit experience. Um, so that's when it made me want to start looking for other people who have had that experience, whether it be through psychedelics, whether it be through meditation or, or trauma or whatever, you know, just uh, somebody else who could confirm or, or help me confirm or, you know, have a better understanding of what that experience was. And um, so I'm really grateful to Amber that she introduced me to you because, like I said, the first thing you said to me was hello reflection. And it was right after this experience. And I was like, yes, <laughs> and like you got to find the others. And like, <laughs> they're out there. Um, wow. And it's, it's, it's really funny um, or, you know, synchronous or however you want to say it, that um, the title of this podcast is Live from the Matrix because I remember um, I was telling my fiance about this not long ago and I found some of my old writing and stuff, you know, like from over 20 years ago. Like I remember being, um, you know, like 10, 12 years old writing out ideas. Like when I found these papers of uh, like where I was writing out ideas of what I thought deja vu was and, like all this other crazy stuff, um, you know, especially crazy for like a 12 year old uh, to be writing and thinking. And I, I remember not, I never talked to anybody about any of those thoughts. It was just like a, a private journey to try to figure this shit out because nobody else seemed to know what was going on and nobody else seemed to be asking any questions about what was going on, you know? Um, so I, I wrote and I kept it to myself and I remember going to the movie theater to see the matrix right after it came out. Wow. And when that movie was over, my jaw was on the floor and I had this overwhelming feeling of like, yes, I am not alone. There are other people out here questioning things. And some of them are a lot further along than I am. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like it gave me like hope. It, it, it was such a great, like feeling that movie meant so much to me for that reason, but also because it opened up so many other questions that I hadn't even considered or thought to think, you know? Um, and it kind of changed my path as far as looking for answers. It made me feel like maybe there are more answers out there. I don't have to just sit here and, and guess, you know, myself. Um, 
and and then to meet you after having like another deep thing like that confirmed like it just it just very uh synchronous and you know universe winking at you kind of thing casey keep on talking man this dog is barking <laughs> are you good man um i don't know uh I don't know where else to go with that. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Like, throw me a keyword, man. <laughs> dude, dude, I'm. Ah, uh, this is. I just kept on thinking. The dog stopped barking as soon as you said keyword. I was thinking, man. Like, well, number one, I wish I could have saw the Matrix in movie theaters. That's what I was thinking. Jeez, I can imagine, bro. That was powerful. Ooh, we. What was it? A pack theater? Um, honestly, I don't remember. I, I want to say. I mean, I don't know that it was sold out, but yeah, there were people there. Um, I, but I remember like going into the movie. It wasn't, you know, something. Some experiences you have going in, you know, like this is going to be huge. Mm. You know, like this is going to mean a lot. This is going to stick with me forever. To me, I was just going to see another movie. Mm. You know, just going to see another movie with some friends. Um, didn't expect it to change my life. Um, but I was seventeen, I think, when it came out. Um, so yeah, it was very. Like, I just remember, like, when the when the end came and the Rage Against the Machine song kicked in, I was just like, I knew in that moment, shit was never going to be the same for me. Like, I felt changed, wow. like, after that. And, you know, and, and, then, and it's crazy because later, um, a few years ago, I was actually working at a, um, a school for the Department of Juvenile Justice uh, for kids, basically criminal kids and stuff like that, that um, were too young to go to jail. Um, but not all of them were like, uh, like violent criminals or, or anything like that. Like some of the kids were just there for truancy and stuff like that. But we had some kids that were like, had attempted murder charges and stuff like that. It was a lot of uh, gang um, affiliations and stuff like that as well. And, but I taught a, um, um, a technology class uh, like to help get them certified it was like it fundamentals and and a plus and i use i was able to use the matrix in my class to like gauge their interest in technology and stuff like that and and it was crazy to see these kids who had never been exposed to this film and these ideas um and probably never would have watched it if they weren't forced to you know um so i, I used it at, like to help me like teach certain things in class or to get certain principles across um and you know also to just like plant that seed in their mind that something in there may bloom later from it um but yeah, that um, that that movie was was a a big thing for me. It stuck with me for a while, 
and I think it's a really cool title for a podcast too. Like we commented on earlier, just <laughs> thank you, you know, man. Hey. Expressing the self awareness and talking about self awareness. The title found me, man. Like I was walking and I felt this intuition to pull up my phone and I just wrote live from the matrix. I'm like, why did I write this? And that was two weeks ago. And then when I was thinking, I'm like, I need to express a spirituality podcast. Something, something just to, even if it's just for me to hear myself talk. And then the idea just became manifest. And all of a sudden, everything was just, you know, this boom clicked. And what I'm, what I'm keeping on thinking right now is, this is a great introduction interview. Like, this is fantastic. I, I could not have predicted how amazing this would be. This is epic. Like, people look back and they'll play this episode over and over again. Like, wow, Casey dropped some bombs. <laughs> it woke, woke up to everyone. <laughs> I'm going to share this at least five times in my news feed. Making sure everyone watches this. I'm, I'm going to go on live on Facebook. And tell everyone, like, yo, everyone, watch this. As soon as I get the audio, and then they can watch the video when they want. The video is powerful, too. Thank you for that, honestly. Like, Oh, no no problem, man. This adds an amazing element that I did not think was what would be so impactful. Because you can see us reacting and talking and smiling and laughing. And it's just, it, it brings everything together. It's a very nice thing. Yeah, I've definitely enjoyed it, man. I'll... You know, come back anytime you want. Um, you know, it, it's hard to find uh, a lot of people to have certain kinds of conversations with. You know, so yeah, I'm I'm always up for the discussion. Man, I'm getting chills, man. That means you are coming back. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! Well, oh, I just feel I feel too good right now, man. I feel amazing. I'm gonna. What time is it? Six? Dude, I'm going for an hour drive. I don't know where I'm going, dude. I feel way too happy right now. I feel <laughs> like I feel like God is like connected inside of this sphere of energy. Like we just unlocked something that's gonna change the world and by changing everyone's individual self and oh, it's mm 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 this is fantastic. This feels like when you eat something good. And then you're just thinking about how good it was in your head, kind of like re rechewing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. Ah, oh, Casey, you have anything else to really? What would you say to someone who's just discovering awakening and whichever form they come across it, and they think they're crazy. They think that, oh man, this is. I'm going insane. How would you talk to them and to give them something to reassure them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a Buddhist saying that says, uh, follow any man who seeks the truth, but run from anyone claiming to have found it. And I think I stand behind that because I feel like I've found truth, but I understand. I feel like when you find the truth, 
you understand that it's not an objective truth and that it's a subjective truth. I've found my truth. Um, so uh, I would just say always ask questions, like never be satisfied with with an answer that doesn't make sense or that you don't fully um, that doesn't fully resonate with you. You know, if something sounds off about it, then question what sounds off about it because the whole thing may be off. Um, I would just from somebody who was as big of an atheist and non-believer as you can be, um, just go look at my Facebook feed a few years ago, several years ago. <laughs> um, to um, to go from not only not believing but being angry at religion because I, I think that's I think where the anger came from is because once once I discovered my truth it made me even more angry at religion perverting something so pure and so beautiful mm. um and for making me despise it for so long you know um because it's to to go from not be believing in anything not believing in god to finding out that it's inside of you is a big you know is a big um change it's a big change in perspective Huge. and it and it takes a long time to process um you know, like, so that would be another piece of advice, I think, is is take time to process those things. Um, understand that you don't have to understand. Um, you know, it's it's like like we said earlier, like the trees growing for, for the sun, like whatever makes us grow. Like, um, accept your experience and... Um, don't stop questioning, I guess would be the, the biggest advice I have. Wow. And that is, that's amazing, man. That's going to help a lot of people. I know, I know that would help me, you know, to be honest, like. And there is for so long, but people that would like try to push religion on me, you know, and try to push God on me. Um, they would say things like, um, Like, I just keep looking, you know, just, you know, like e even it says in the Bible, like I, for the record, I don't consider myself a Christian. Um, I, I don't consider myself any religion. I, I'm a seeker of the truth and I find a little piece of truth in all of them. Um, but even in the, in, in the Bible, uh, in the Christian Bible, Jesus says, seek and you shall find. I would agree with that because I was a seeker. I'm still a seeker, but so far, every answer that I've searched for, I've been able to find, mm. and it's not an answer that you can just hand over to somebody else and say, here, look what I found. Um, it's, it's more uh, something you have to find yourself. I would just say, if, if you have that drive to question, if you have that 
search that thirst for knowledge to, to search you know um then follow it don't give up like because there are answers um i'm so glad i didn't give up when i wanted to when i felt like i had read something for the 200th time and it still didn't resonate with me um you know for me um it was psychedelics um and i've seen it be a positive thing for a lot of people i would never advocate and say that it's the only way um because at the end of the day our minds are what do everything um psychedelics is just fuel for the mind uh, just like meditation is um so I, I, whatever feels right to you i would say do that um amazing amazing and man thank you again honestly oh thanks for having me man it's, it's been great i've really enjoyed the conversation <laughs> i love it um the the people what if they want to reach out to you? How can they find you? Um, social media, I guess. Uh, Instagram's Space Time Rider. Uh, I have, uh, you talked about music earlier. Um, you know, I, I toured playing drums and you know, I played a lot locally, uh, different bands and stuff like that. But I've, I've also uh, always had a love for for hip-hop and when i was a teenager i used to write and record back then um so i have some stuff on um youtube as well um you know not really a check my mixtape kind of guy but uh <laughs> uh there's like I, I like in other words i'm saying I, I didn't i didn't write and record the stuff uh to to gain fans or to try to make a career you know um with with that it was mainly like i had some stuff to say um all centered around the topics we discussed today uh so if, if you do like like the conscious kind of rap stuff um i would say maybe check that out on youtube space time rider all one word all together no dashes nothing um and that's the same thing for me on uh facebook or uh instagram or anything like that Wow. Wow. I'm going to put all the links in the description. Mr. Space Time Writer. <laughs> That's an awesome day, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't even remember like picking that for, I picked it for an Xbox Live name like <laughs> 10, 15 years ago or something. I don't know. And it sounded good at the time. And then like, it wasn't until later when I thought back about like, thinking about like this conversation we're having like how much it covers that's like yeah that's what we're doing yeah just riding that space time wave you know just wow surfing the waves man cosmic surfers yeah <laughs> oh my gosh thank you again man um wherever you're listening on if it's youtube spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, please Check us both out. Um, I'm on Facebook. My name is Daryl Bryan. I'm also on Instagram at B-I-T-C-H-A-P-O. Maybe that username will change, but you can also find me on uh, Twitter at B-I-T underscore C-H-A-P-O. This was 
an amazing episode. Share with your friends because sharing is caring. And don't you care about your friends, baby? Please, please, please awaken yourselves and have a wonderful time in your now moment. This was live from the Matrix. Peace, love, and light. And we'll see you soon.